please stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug and Jesse King. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to GCO Radio, and this week has been just a, a phenomenal week in the news, and I think that there's so much so much in-depth things that we need to cover that I'm just going to start rolling right into it. We've literally watched history in the making this week. Well, it's, it's been it's been just awe-inspiring, Jesse, and I, I've been out sick. I have been sick as a dog this last week, and I'm, while I've laid in bed with, with things oozing out of orifices and, and cavities I did not even know Thanks existed, for the picture. It, I've watched literally the world... <laughs> self-destruct on the TV in front of me. And this has just been an awe-inspiring week, both not only in what has happened, but in the response to it globally, nationally, individually. This is just uh, incomprehensible on so many levels. You know, we started off with the the terrorist attacks in Paris last weekend. And, you know, our our show airs on Saturdays. Last week's episode was was kind of preempted because of illness between both of us. But when, when we were watching this unfold Friday night, there was absolutely no way that we could get to air with anything that would be useful. We were left, you know, basically captive watching this unfold on Fox News and CNN. And, and as all of the information started pouring in, I was uh, sending you information. You know, you were out and, and picking up some stuff for us with us being ill. And I was sending you stuff, texting you all of these articles that were pouring in from the international media about the attacks that were happening and unfolding the, the attack on the, the, the football slash soccer game and, and the, the rock concert. And the rock concert was actually a band that was from Atlanta. One of the no, least. they were from California, but one of the singers was from Atlanta. And and there were people who were I in. I think their that, drummer was from Atlanta. I, I was one of them. Yeah, I don't remember. and and the people who were in the the. the concert venue, some of them were Atlantans because they were there to see someone who was from Atlanta. I mean, it was really something that hit close to home as well as being uh, an issue of solidarity. And here we see, again, you know, the the unparalleled march of hatred that is moving through global society as we see people who are are bent on there's there's absolutely no reasoning they are willing to die for their cause to make as many people suffer as possible and we saw the attack that happened in the the concert venue was the most striking to me as we heard testimony of people who said that there were there were between six and eight attackers they were armed with ak-47s they were using grenades and dynamite they were attacking people they were you know standing in the balconies shooting people as they cowered on the ground and i listened to the the statement of one man who was at this this concert venue and he said that he and his son were there and when the shooting stopped he laid on the ground next to his son's body as the terrorists went through kicking bodies to see if there was anyone still alive and anyone who still moved they shot they are laying on the ground and they came up to him and they kicked his leg and he had a prosthetic leg and they moved on and think about that he was his life he was, was saved, saved by a prosthetic because leg. when they kicked it it was wooden and didn't react. I mean, the the horror that these people live through, and and it it strikes really close to home because this is something that will happen here. It is inevitable that eventually we are going to have a major terrorist attack in the U.S., but it will not play out the way it played out in Paris. No, because we're armed. That's and and that's where we're going to end up going with all this is that we have a much different society than than Paris and France. And this is something that I have been harping on in social media for the past week is that France is reaping the the the, the chickens are coming home to roost for a social 
socialist society that is disarmed and does not believe in personal, personal ingenuity and personal freedom. Yeah, they didn't. And, and they allowed their government to take away their freedom and, and they, now take away their lives because now the the terrorists have moved in to, to take away their lives and after you, their freedom's gone. When you say take away their freedom, we're not just talking about the right to keep and bear arms. We're talking about all sorts of freedoms because French society is so dynamically different than American society, it is hard to comprehend. When we talk about what is French, they America is a melting pot. We take in other cultures. We, allow, we, we like to go to Chinese restaurants and Ethiopian restaurants. We like to see people who are expressing you know their own cultures and, and we mix them together and we come to something that is American by the bringing together of all these different traditions and cultures and opportunities and we embrace Americanism through that. France France is very different. Their culture is based on that you eschew everything else and become French. When you come from Algeria or you come from the Middle East or you come from all these other French colonies and move to France, you leave behind everything else and you become 100% French, a secular society. You leave behind religion, you leave behind your culture, and you adopt what is French. And we no. have seen over and over and over again French laws in these little municipalities in France that are trying to enforce more and more cons- control over displays of religion. Did you know that there is a law in France right now that prohibits conspicuous display of religion, whether it be a cross, whether it be a yarmulke, whether it be a, a headdress for a Muslim woman? Well, they're, no wonder they're so ticked. They're not allowed <laughs> to express any form of religion in public. Is that why those Muslims were so mad? I don't think so. Well, I think, I think they're mad at the world. I, I think, well, again, we say, they're, yeah, they're mad at the world, but why, why don't we see this happening in Poland? Why don't we see it happening in Italy? Why don't we see it happening in, in Scotland? These are other places that, that Muslims are. But they have guns in those other countries. Not, not in Scotland. No, not in Poland. There's no firearms in Scotland. Not like, not like they are here. Not like there is Have you anywhere. ever seen a Scotsman? Yeah, I've seen a Scotsman. Have you ever seen them do the caber toss? Yeah. I don't know that you'd want to screw with one of them. Well, what I'm saying break is Break a Muslim that, in half. That there are lots of opportunities, but France has, has bred a culture where they, there is absolutely no tolerance for anything that is not French. And that is something that is a motivating factor in why they were attacked. Now, I think that they were attacked also because they do not have the safeguards in place that American does. When when we were in World War II, Yamamoto said that every behind every blade of grass, there's a rifleman in America. So invading the American mainland is pointless. And I think that that still holds true today. We have one in every three households owns a gun. There is enough firearms in America to arm every man, woman, and child with a firearm so that they can defend themselves and protect freedom. But... That's not true in countries like France. Well, I would like to bring up a point here. You know, there was an attempt at something similar to this in, in the United States this year. And it was when they did the Muslim um, Draw Muhammad contest mm-hmm. in Texas. Yeah, the hunting over bait. And all of the people were drawing Muhammad and, and there, and they were in one place, and, and the terrorists How came. many terrorists attacked, though? I believe only two. Right. And they were shot dead at the gate because we have guns. Well, there there was a much that was what I would dare say is an impromptu impromptu terrorist attack. The thing that we saw happen in Paris the, a is this few one days of those ago, lone wolf attacks, kind yeah. of, yeah. And I, I would strongly argue that this was something that was more impromptu that they saw it and they decided to do something about it because they were incensed about it. But I, what happened in in Paris was highly orchestrated. There was m- much planning. Things were brought in from other countries. I read a story about a car that was intercepted at the German border that was full of extra AK forty sevens, grenades, and TNT. Those were all going to other people who would have been activated in this attack if those weapons had gotten through. 
I mean, this was organized this was by like a Belgian national. for them. This was a 9-11 for them. It was a much more orchestrated and, and plotted out attack that was designed for a specific day to do a specific job, and it was carried out with precision. And we see that even, you know, they had good security in place. They kept the soccer stadium safe. They, there were several restaurants that were attacked. If you attacked a restaurant here in Atlanta, Georgia, you would not have the, the people laying in fear hoping that they didn't get shot. You would have returning fire because people in Atlanta carry guns. They're safe and they protect each other. And not everyone does. Not every person has to. You don't even need a third of people to be carrying guns in public to thwart something like this. You would just need a few. And we were talking. I remember, Jesse, you and I were talking. We had the discussion about how many people carry guns. Yeah. And so... We were figuring that it probably about 10% of the population, which would have been about 8,000 out of the 80,000 people in the at the one venue. But let's let's break it down to the, the, the um, uh, concert venue. I think that that's a much more poignant example because, you know, at, out of 80,000. What did we 80, say? There were 100? There, there would be 100 people carrying a gun in the concert Can venue. Can 100 people with guns stop six terrorists with guns? Absolutely. 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 And so we see that you know, there, there is a better answer to this. Now... <laughs> All of this comes into play, and this is this is an important time for solidarity with France. It's an important time for us to be looking at what's happening with ISIS in a larger sense. We see Russia stepping up to the plate when Russia's uh, aircraft or airplane was attacked by a bomb. They started moving frontline troops into Syria. Now we see France be attacked. France moves aircraft in for bombing runs, coordinating with the Russians. We are doing absolutely jack at this point. We're sitting on the sidelines, letting the world move on with out us in 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 some people would say oh this is great because we're not spending american treasure to go protect the world but i mean there is a point where we have to step up and say that we are have american exceptionalism and that we will not see these things go into that good night you know you said putin and i thought about that picture of putin where he's got obama beside him and obama's like a little boy Mm -hmm. and putin's doing his arm up with the muscle and, mm-hmm. and Obama's squeezing them. Every time I see this picture, I crack up. Well, Vladimir came out with a statement yesterday and said that um, it's up to God to forgive the terrorists. It's up to me to send them to him. That wasn't yesterday. That was like Wednesday. But yeah. And here we're looking at and where, where, what was America's response? What was President Obama's response to all of this? We're going to fly he, our flags at half mast. Well, what what he what he did is he showed up late for the moment of silence at the G twenty meeting, and when he was there, he didn't even participate. And then he had a press conference. Dude, he was golfing. Leave him alone. Well, he's in <laughs> Turkey. He's in Turkey at this meeting. He's a turkey everywhere. And, and he, he, he then, after the meeting, after he was late for the moment of silence, then he had a, a question and answer time with reporters. And, of course, are the reporters talking about the climate change summit that he's at? No, they're talking about the yes, tax in yeah. Paris. I mean, this is obvious. This is what it's going to be. And, and what was just astounding to me is in that entire interview, when he did his Q&A, he didn't cover anything that was important or meaningful. Folks, we'll be right back. We're at a commercial break. Back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, folks. When we took the break, we were talking about Obama's statements at the, the G20 meeting at the climate change summit that he was attending as all of this unfolded in Paris. And he, he gave his statements. And I what, what just shocks me is was the response that 
was on Fox News. There, Bill Hemmer was uh, reporting on this in in Turkey, and his statement. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it, at the end of the Obama conference, when he was supposed to just pitch it back to the people in, in D.C. at the the Fox News headquarters, he said, "If you were waiting to hear a U.S. president say, I feel your pain,' or if you were waiting to hear a U.S. president say it's them or us." That is not what you heard. Yeah. And he goes on to talk, but my goodness. He's not going to say it's them or us because he is one of them. Well, there there is some definite problems that are going on right now, and we, we need to look at what we're doing as a country and as a society. And on the backs of all of this, we're talking about bringing in refugees, which I know is a near and dear <sighs> issue to your heart, Jesse. I wanna, you I wanna, I'm just going to say, you know, Tamerlan and Jakar Sarnayev were refugees. Mm-hmm. Not from and Syria, though. No, they were from somewhere else, but they, they were, were refugees. From Russia. They, no, they were they were not from Russia. They were from Chechnya. Chechnya, which is outside of Russia. Yeah, but it's a it's a Russian province, and the the Muslim insurrection that's going on in Chechnya is something that Putin and the Russian government has been dealing with for more than twenty years. But they were refugees, and we brought them here to help them, mm-hmm. and they helped themselves to killing our people in boston at the marathon so let's be careful when we're talking about these refugees because these aren't some poor pitiful people well some of them are very few no there's more men in these refugee groups than there are women Mm. this should be primarily women and children agreed absolutely and i think that those should be our cutoff points we should say you know as far as who we're letting in they should be under the age of 14 and they are 14 and under and they should be women and children and we should let in as many as we can possibly help because i think that we have obligations as, as the leader of the world to help people who are being displaced or elderly very elderly but as i'm talking you know 80 decrepit you know but when we're talking about bringing Military in a 30 year old man uh, dude, go go fight and and save, and save your, country your country, and don't come over here and live off of our resources, well, so your family can come home to you. Well, you know we're and and we're all concerned about this. I mean, this is like the issue right now is how are we going to deal with what is proposed to have a huge influx of refugees from Syria? In the past couple of years, we've let two thousand Syrian refugees into the U.S. The proposal is for over the next year to let ten thousand more in, with a, a number of totaling over the next five years of a hundred thousand refugees. Okay, so those are the numbers we're talking about. Let's put this in context, though. In Germany, this year alone has accepted seven hundred. 150,000 refugees. How many has France accepted? I don't know. A lot. But the European nations are accepting tens, hundreds of thousands of refugees. Germany has three quarters of a million refugees that they are bringing in. Now, is this causing social upheaval and turmoil, and is this a problem? Absolutely. But they are letting more and more of these people in, and it is causing issues. And now we have to make a decision as we are being, you know, uh, uh, the leader of the world, right? I mean, that is who America has been traditionally, is the leader of the free world. Are we going to set aside? Are we going to step up? How are we going to do it? How are we going to do it to make people safe? And overwhelmingly, the, the governors of the the people of this country are saying no, 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 not here because they are not convinced that the immigration of these refugees is going to be properly vetted and that we're going to be bringing in people who have have issues. Now, my concern is that while, yes, there may be people who are in among the refugees who are going to be dangerous people, the 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 bigger question is have we do we have secure enough borders to be able to say but for the refugees they would not be able to get in and the answer no. is absolutely not which is why that wall 
that Trump keeps talking about. Yeah, old, two, old Mr. Toupee. He keeps talking about that wall, and that wall don't look so bad. Well, when when we will let just about anybody come into the country to go to Disney World, he say, "What do you want to do?" I'm coming to Disney World with my bombs. You know, they, they'll let just about anyone into the country. Arguing about whether we should let the refugees in is kind of a moot point, isn't it? I mean, because if you if you wanted to get into this country, you get in on a student visa, you get in on a tourist visa. The they need to hit- tighten it all down with the the issues that are in this the world today. I think they need to tighten it all down and only let people in that have legit business here. And only for a, a, a temporary amount of time, unless they're migrating here, and then I think they should be vetted, okay, very well, seriously but, vetted. But if you wanted to come and cause havoc, why wouldn't you just say you were coming for tourism? Are you going to shut down tourism? Florida will love you. Florida gets enough tourism from people in the country. Without Florida gets a lot more tourism from, from people Canada, out of the country, dude. And so our and Dollywood. And, okay, Canada. <laughs> so instead of go, coming straight in as a, a Syrian refugee to the U.S., you go from Syria to Greece. You get, from Greece, you go to Canada. Canada, you come to the U.S. on a on a tourist visa, and poof, you're in. And you're free to do whatever you want. There's no way stopping you. And that's the other thing about all these governors saying we're not going to have you in our states. It doesn't matter. If they come in in any one state, the moment they hit the ground, they're free to travel anywhere they want in the U.S. And poof, they're gone. They're not saying that they can't come to the states. What they're doing is they're saying to the federal government, we will not give them aid. So do not send them here and expect them to be aided by our state government Fantastic. because it's not happening. So what does that mean? That means that the people who are absolutely destitute and can't do anything get no aid. And the people who are being financed by international terrorism to go out and buy U-Haul trucks have all the money in the world and are able to do whatever they want. So suddenly we see refugees come in that aren't getting any aid and have a lot of money. That would be That would be a red, red flag, but I don't think it would be a red flag for this administration because they don't seem to care. No, he they're, doesn't care. We, we have ISIS contained. We don't have any plan to destroy ISIS. We have ISIS contained. And here I'm listening to the BBC World News Service, and they have the Iraqi defense minister on saying if the international community would just come together, they could eradicate IS in a matter of weeks, if not a couple of months. And yeah. and Russia and France are going to do this overnight and eradicate this, and we're sort of be be sitting over here still talking about whether or not we have them contained. Yeah, one of the articles I read said that France and and Russia, of course, but France mostly, after bombing, the refugees were able to go home. Yeah, after they did some of the bombing. Yeah, I'm like, well, if they'll just eradicate the problem, these people will be able to go they home. Need, well, yeah, they will need our help. They they'd rather be at home anyway. Well, there's there's a couple of issues here, right? I mean, you've got the the Assad government. You've got ISIS fighting against the Assad government. We've you've got the U.S. backing ISIS against Assad. Then we decide that we don't really like ISIS because they're starting to attack us too with our own weapons, and we're left in in this quagmire. Whereas countries like France and Russia look at this and just shake their head and said, "Why didn't you just leave it well enough alone?" So where did they get weapons? Did the Obama administration give them weapons? We have been funding insurgent groups in Syria back to 2011 because we decided that the 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 traditional duly in office government of Syria was not acceptable to our our liking and we have been saying that they have to step down well you know what happened when Gaddafi was forcibly stepped down the country imploded you know what happened when Egypt had their government stepped down the country imploded. imploded you know what happened when we decided we don't when in light of the Arab Spring in Libya and Egypt what do we want to do to Syria we want to have their dictator step down and look what happens the country implodes and now France is attacked and we can see the the 
deplorable history of United States imperialism stepping into these countries and trying to dictate freedom to them when they are not capable already. This no, is no different the, the, than the going The reality back- is, is, is they have a different way of thinking. They have a different kind of religious background. They have a different world paradigm, the way they look at the world. And they have a different way of thinking about things. So our version of freedom may not be their version of freedom. Well, this is no different than if you took a time machine back to King Arthur's court and tried to impose a modern democracy with electronic voting on the peasants there. They would not be able to comprehend it. They would not be able to function. It would be witchcraft. Yeah. And so here we are trying to impose a completely foreign system of governments, of, of freedom of education, of religion on people that are not prepared for it. And we see them instead revolt and go back to what is a traditional sense for them, which is a caliphate, uh, as dictated by their religious tenets. And we see a religion that is becoming more and more radical, more and more destructive, and attacking us for being involved in their system. And, and there is there's no good answer. At this point, we have had over 50 years of meddling in the Middle East, and there there's absolutely no way that we can just simply pull and wash our hands and say, well, we're decided we're not going to mess with you anymore. Now love us because they're going to hate us. They've been generationally bred to hate us. Obama says, here, here, Isil or ISIS or whatever we're going to call you. What is his Dash. name? Dash. Which is basically an Arabic N-word. Yeah, it, it, He's it, calling a them a derogatory term, term for, for Isil. So shame on him. Uh, he really shouldn't be talking like that. But whatever his word is this week, the word of the week for, for ISIS He's he's created this problem with ISIS. So now we have this problem with ISIS, and he's not willing to step up and, and clean up his do, problem. Do you want to know what impression I had of the president when he was talking to the press when he when they came in and they said, what do you, you're, you're very, when it first happened on Friday night, and he wasn't willing to say, he's like, I'm not willing to speculate who's behind this. He's he a had, scolded little boy. No, 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 no. What he had the look of, and I've seen it a hundred times through my work, he had the look of a parent whose kid is charged with a serious crime and who is just absolutely unable <laughs> to admit that someone that they believed in has done something as horrible Not and tragic my son. My son as would this. Don't do that. Folks, no, we're no. we're at a commercial break. We'll be right back. And now back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Folks, we've been talking about the horrible tragedy in in Paris, the tragedy in Beirut, the tragedy that is ongoing in Syria and the entire Middle East for the last five years, ever since this this ridiculous notion of a of an Arab Spring took off, and and in light of all this, okay, I want Jesse, I want you to think uh, between Paris, between Beirut, between the tragedy that is ongoing in Syria and the continuing threat of ISIS, what do you think President Obama's number one goal as of Wednesday of this week, his number one goal in his remaining year of office is? Take a guess. Gun control. Yeah. Or more vacations. Gun control. Oh. I am I am floored. Washington Times, President Obama hopes to make gun control the top issue in his final year of office. ISIS? Who cares? Paris bombings? Who cares? Terrorist attacks? People coming into this country who will, uh, will will cause further terrorist attacks? Who cares? We want gun control. And do you want to know why? Do you want to know what his answer was as to why gun control has to be the number one issue in his last year? Why? Because, and I quote, Americans have more deadly weapons to act out their rage. 
when he was talking about how this doesn't happen in other countries, and then we see it happen immediately in France, yeah. the same day, that morning, he says, this doesn't happen in other countries. ISIS is contained. Then it happens in France. And now he turns around and says, Americans aren't more violent than other nations, but they have more access to weapons to act out their rage. Well, you want to know why we're enraged? Because wanna- of a, a horrible presidency, and they're taxing us for not wanting to pay for overpriced health insurance. And because people get the things that we work for and they take our money away and give it to other people. We're going to take in 100,000 refugees while we have 100,000 homeless vets. No, we have 500,000 homeless vets. We're going to take in 100,000 refugees and give them a standard of living that's way above what they're used to while we have 500,000 homeless vets sleeping on the streets dying in the bitter cold every night. We 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 have... People who are going to be coming into this country who hate us, people who have have attacked this country before, who where we see terrorist attacks pop up, and that's called workplace violence, and over and over and over again, every time it is marginalized, it is excused, it is mitigated, and it is taken out of the forefront, when the truth is, is that Americans know what is going on. They know what is going to happen, and they want to be ready for it. And in light of trying to be better prepared, better armed, better able to take care of our own security in light of a, a government that absolutely refuses to take security seriously and to protect liberty. And those are two not mutually exclusive things. You have to protect liberty with your security. If you give up your liberty for security, you're a fool. But we try to get both, and we have a balance by taking care of our personal responsibility and making an individual mandate. And in spite of that, we see a government that throws up roadblocks to welcome in our enemies and to deprive the American citizen of his inherent God-given right to protect himself. God bless America. Well, this is time for us to do something. This Something has to be done. And we are coming up to a point in, in our country where we're hitting a point of no return. I, I look at what is happening. We're going to see Syria fall. We're going to see Russia and France and possibly a coalition of NATO. There is talk about activating Article 5. And if they activate Article 5 of NATO, what is America going to do? Because we have a sworn a treaty duty to intercede for France's behalf. France was attacked on his homeland. France was attacked by a militant government that, although it has no place, sets up its headquarters in Raqqa in Syria. And France has the absolute ability to activate Article 5 of the NATO treaty and say that they want every NATO country to lend as much aid as is possible within, under the current safety of their own territory. America can lend battle fleets to this effort. But will we? And if if we violate our NATO treaty obligations, where would we us. be? They would turn on us. And can you imagine a world where America reneges on its NATO treaty obligations, but Russia steps up and takes care of it? It's because we've got a president that doesn't have any testicles. It's because we have an entire party system that doesn't. His wife has bigger balls than he does. We, we have, and look who's running. I mean, we've got Hillary running. We've got Bernie Sanders running. Bernie Sanders says that terrorism is caused by global warming. Hillary well, everybody's too hot, so they're angry. <laughs> Hillary, Hillary won't even acknowledge that there are Islamic extremists. She talks about jihadists, but that's as far as she's Let's willing to Let's be real about Hillary. She's, she is in denial that... Well, Benghazi top, was bad. A top, I mean, a top aide of hers came out and said that she was often confused and warned the State Department that they need to keep a closer eye on her while she was Secretary of State. And that story broke this week, too. I mean, the whole world has gone top. Well, there's, there's um, theories that the reason she's wearing those big, thick glasses now is because she's had a stroke. 
could be. Should have killed her. <laughs> I mean, we we don't we don't have any clue that what's right really there, going on. The fact that she she hasn't died yet is proof that evil never dies. We're we're looking at a world that is just going crazy. Syria, I I would argue that Damascus and Syria will not be a habitable place in a year. Between Russia and France and whatever coalition forces they bring to bear, that Syria is going to be basically wiped off the map. And Damascus has been the longest inhabited place in human history, according to some archaeological standards. There can, there's never been a time in human history, recorded human history, where Damascus has not been inhabited. And here we are getting ready to wipe this entire country off the map. We see... ISIS attacking historical sites and destroying heritage left, right, and center because they believe that all of these Babylonian um, um, statues and, and representations of Babylonian gods are, are evil. So they're going to destroy the world's cultural heritage. Can you imagine what would happen if, if ISIS got a hand on Egypt, that they would be ripping down the pyramids next because it's a, a tribute to a, a foreign deity? I mean, this is just, it, it has gone absolutely insane. The entire <laughs> world went insane this week. This is what happens when I get sick. The whole world goes crazy. Well, like you're the one holding it together. It seems like it. Right. I mean, everything everything that I knew about the world went away this week. Well, no. Nah, peanut butter's still nasty. <laughs> I, am, I am angry, and I am incensed, and I am sick of... A government that wants to take away our freedoms, a government that does not recognize the true dangers of the world, who is willingly blind to it and will not acknowledge it. So what do we do about it? We can vote. So we're going to vote in another president, and we're going to get probably somebody that's just as bad. Well, because you either vote for the a-hole on the left or the a-hole on the right, and, and neither one of them are ever a good candidate. We've, we've got two houses of Congress that are supposedly conservative, right? Which they have no fortitude. They don't have the balls well, to stand up to Well, we got a brand new the, speaker. It's time for this brand new speaker to get out his gavel and start holding impeachment hearings. Because if we keep waiting, if we wait this out another year and a half, then... I'm sorry, but all hell is going to break loose. It is time for us to start to demand that something be done. I was happy to just sit and let Obama finish his presidency before we started to see global terror attacks that he wouldn't acknowledge. He had a chance to be president. He forfeited it this last weekend. He's had a chance to be president for almost eight years, seven and a half well, years. This, this last weekend was an abdication of the presidency. When he will not speculate as to who's behind it when he won't join in with France and commit our troops, when he won't make sure that this ends in two weeks as, as even the Iraqis can see what is wrong with us? He doesn't want to paint them all with one brush Well, it's time. It's time that we started painting the anyway, traitors they're, they're with contained. one they're not contained if they're blowing up Paris. You know, I said, you know, this word you keep on using, I do not think it means what you think it means <laughs> So what do you do? I mean, you, you contact Paul Ryan, you start to make waves, you get on the, yet another government watch list. It, it just it goes nowhere. But you know what you can do? Did you say yet another? How many yeah, are you on? Uh, probably all of them, I think, especially after this episode. <laughs> you Thanks <know>. a lot. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I wasn't on any. Well, I, I kind of doubt it. Ever since you married me, I'm pretty sure you got on a few, too. So, probably on a new no-fly list somewhere. Yeah, who wants to fly anyway? I don't have any wings. So what else can you do? You can join GeorgiaCarry.org, right? So we're going to do our membership drive right here. 
That's time. I think that you know if if you're gonna if you're gonna see anything happen, it's time to start getting really involved. And Georgia Carey is one of the best ways to get involved locally, and it'll give you the springboard to get involved nationally. And something's got to be done. There's something has to be done. We brought pressure to bear on our governor. He signed his own executive order saying no terrorists in our state, please. We can see that we can bring pressure to bear. Did you know that Congress is going to do a resolution tying the the importation of these refugees to the spending budget this week? And if that goes through in the way it is, then the president will have to choose between either shutting down the government government or allowing in the refugees <laughs> he'll shut down the government i think he will he will yeah he which will. is a win-win for everybody because you know when the government shuts down then life is so much better well the government shuts down and everybody still gets seems to get their food stamps yeah all the of course if they don't then they start showing their butts did you see those videos of those on the news of yeah. those people in clayton county that didn't get their food stamps well you remember last time we had a government shutdown that they, they they hired more people to go out and shut down the national park so people couldn't use them they closed the open areas by hiring more people to keep people out of them because they didn't want people to use it because obama said he wanted to make it hurt so that people would blame the republicans for the shutdown and we don't blame the republicans we blame the a-hole that shut it down Barack. Obama. Yeah. So, how do you get to be a member, Jesse? Well, you can go to any of our local chapter meetings to uh, become a member. In fact, there's a chapter meeting today in Cartersville at the Tavern. Uh, what is the name of that place? Well, you know, Cartersville, this the, this weekend, Cartersville has got the gun show going on. There's an Eastman show, Gabe. Eastman, but you know, there's a good chance for you to pick up a little bit of reloading supplies, check out what's on the table, and then you can swing by the chapter meeting, which is yeah, being and held. It's at 1130, and it's at that little um, tavern place behind. Oh, gosh. It's behind Checkers. Well, you know, the, there's, there. you can go to their Facebook page and get the info on yes, exactly the where the west, to go. northwest chapter. And of course, we have a new. East chapter up in Gwinnett, northeast. Run by our good friends, the Wheelers. Yeah. Cindy Wheeler was on a few weeks ago. She did an um, awesome job. She's making the rounds, too. I hear that she's been on a couple of different shows. Yeah, we broke her in. <laughs> but um, you, you can also go by any of the shows and join. Uh, we're coming up on a commercial break. When we come back, I'll discuss membership and how to get involved. And exactly how to go about that you're listening to georgiacarry.org radio and now back to georgiacarry.org radio with doug and jesse king Welcome back, everybody. We've had kind of a busy episode this week, and I hope that you've enjoyed it. You know, when we took our break, we were starting to talk about how to get involved with George Carey, and they're the people that keep us on the air so that I can rant. I don't know if they're going to keep wanting me on the air, the ranting the way I've been doing, but if you like what we're doing, uh, let them know so that they you know continue to have us come in every week and, and do our spiel. Uh, if you want to be a georgecarey.org member, you know, the easiest way is to go to the website, right, Jesse? Yeah, you can go to the website and you can click on the membership tab on the left hand side, and you can pay your twenty dollars a year or five hundred for a lifetime. If you're a lifetime member, you get some special perks like special meet and greets at the convention and a hat and a knife and 
some other things, I think. You know, I talking about knives, you know, and I know they have a really nice little folder that they give out. I think that they need to start giving out those kukris like like the Gukras had, the ones that you're, the the Sikh Indians would carry as ceremonial. I think we should start having something that's a little bit more obvious and display worthy as as far as our our knives that we hand out. So the um, meeting is today at 12:30 at Buffalo Southwest Car- um, Cafe in Cartersville, and that's 117 East Felton Road, Cartersville. And Buffalo's is a great place to have a meeting like that, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they, they, it's, it's got the a gun bit, friendly, a little bit of everything. You can get kind of something for everybody there, and and they've got a really nice facility in Cartersville. Well, some of them are kind of you know cramped, but Cartersville's and got some space there. They've even got a windmill out front. That's behind the Ingles on Joe Frank Harris. Across from the Checkers, uh, kind of behind where the movie theater is. If you're familiar with Cartersville, you know where Buffalo's is. So swing by and say hello to everybody at the meeting because it'll be fun. I I think, you know, we might even bring the kids over there. That would be a fun thing to do this afternoon. Yeah, that'll be nice. Um, Also, you can go to any of the gun shows, like I was saying a minute ago. And at the gun shows, there's always a georgiacarry.org booth. You just go and see who's ever there. Usually Mark Gilbert. Yep. He tends to float like a, like a butterfly between all these things. And if it wasn't for members like Mark Gilbert, we wouldn't be able to do this because we have to have some dedicated people that are willing to get out there and talk to the public and explain to them why their rights are important. Yeah, it, the whole thing falls apart if you're not willing to call your congressman, if you're not willing to get involved in the state legislature, if you're not willing to tell the governor this needs to be done or, or this bill is no good or we want this to change, then this this is all just, you know, dust in the wind as far as as anything but we are seeing some major changes and we are seeing a country that is coming up to the point where civil unrest is going to start to boil because you can't have enough states to pass a constitutional amendment to prohibit these refugees from coming in and then have an administration that goes full bore in the opposite direction without having something come of it and something is going to give Right, And you need to be active. You need to be aware of what's going on. You need to have friends. You need to be involved socially with people who are like-minded so that you are ready. Now, the easiest way to join up is through the website. You can go to the gun show. You can go to the chapter meetings. Whatever you need to do, just get involved because now is the time. Now, Jesse, I noticed that you were fixing your Band-Aid from your trip to the range. Yeah, I made a mistake, and you're going to like put me on air to talk about my mistake. Well, you learn from someone else's mistakes so you don't have to make them, right? So, yeah, I got a new I got a new gun. Yeah, the one that you got from our good friends down at CL Defense in McRae, Georgia, right? Yeah, and it bit me. It did. Um, so, it's a small gun, and I'm not really used to a gun that small. Because I don't carry small guns. No, you don't. My husband thinks you should be able to conceal an Uzi. <laughs> so, anyway. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I can. What are you talking about? So anyway, I went to the range with a friend and kind of got my thumb in the way of the slide. Oh, that always hurts. And right at my knuckle is just, it's a pretty clean little, like, slice. You know what I need to get? My I mean, friend was pretty appalled. She thought that I, like, shot my thumb off, which I'm not really <laughs> sure how. Um, But, yeah, she was pretty sure I had, like, sliced my thumb off. It was bleeding pretty good. But when I got out into um, the store area of the range, the guy was like, oh, I bet I know what you did. So apparently people do this a All lot. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's common. You know what I need to get? My next gun, I, I really need to get another M1 Grand. You know why? Why? Because then I can teach you what M1 Thumb is. 
And I have <laughs> LCP thumb. M1 thumb. In order to load an M1 Garand, you have an on-block clip, and you push it in with your thumb. Mm -hmm. When it gets to the bottom, it still holds the bolt back. But the moment you start to release pressure a little bit, the bolt slides forward with about 60 pounds of force. Oh, so it so you got to you got to get your thumb out of there fast when you're done pushing it in. And if you're not fast enough, then it gets slammed in, and, and there are numerous pictures of broken thumbs from oh. the M1 Garand. I have um, enough alley for so, my little yeah, I, I would say that you got off pretty easy, all things considered. At least you weren't shooting the 500 holding it up near the barrel end. No, that'll blow your finger off. Have you Clean seen those pictures? Off. Oh, my gosh. Well, folks, you know, this this has been one of those episodes that I think is just going to go down in history because I was really angry. And also, I'm on some good cold medicine, so it all helps get the, get the conversation <laughs> Blame flowing. Blame it on the NyQuil there. There we deck. go. Um, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. And if you have enjoyed this episode and you are listening online, get us on your local station. Local stations love controversy. I know the people here at AM 1160 are always telling us controversy is good. Well, there's nothing more controversial than what we covered this week. And so if your local station is looking for a show that is going to fill up some airtime that is going to give them some interesting content every week we're in we can get syndicated with them no problem what you do is you call your local station manager and say i listen to your station i listen to georgia carry radio every week i want to hear georgia carry radio on your station then follow up by sending us that station manager's name and number where you contacted them we'll get a hold of them we'll get us on air so you don't have to use your data anymore and that is a great way to get this movement spread across the entire state of georgia so everyone can hear our riveting discussions on issues like Obama thinking that gun control should be his top issue when ISIS is blowing up the entire freaking world. <laughs> and I think that comes to the conclusion of our show this week. You were listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. This has been GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.